Welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. My guest this week is a professional sports better and a professional poker staker. If there's a good line out there or a good game out there, he's sure to find it. Please welcome Sugar Shane Sigsby. Shane, thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me, Spanky. Love to be here. So, Shane, I always like to start off with how was life growing up? Life growing up was good. I grew up in uh, McKinney, Texas, just north of Dallas. Um, grew up uh, as a big golfer and um, got uh, got into the gambling scene a little bit more into college. Um, I went to Notre Dame on a golf scholarship and uh, in Notre Dame uh, in about 2003, 2004, 2005, that was kind of when poker was exploding um, and started playing poker in the dorms with friends. And then, um, yeah, but I mean, my life uh, growing up was uh, golf at 355 days a year, I would say. Amazing. So what got you into that? Was your parents pushing you to that or siblings or? Uh, my dad uh, liked golf, but my grandpa was a big golfer. My mom's dad. Um and, uh, you know, I played all the sports, you know, just like any other kid and, uh, golf was just kind of the one that I gravitated to. And, and I think was a little bit better at than other sports. And given that you grew up in Texas, it's pretty much all year round. You could play golf or does it get a little, ever get a little too hot or. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely, it would definitely get warm in the summertime and we'd have a couple of cold days in the, in the winter, but yeah, I mean, there was only maybe five days a year that you really couldn't play. So it was, you know, obviously great weather to play golf. Wow, that's great, and and to get to Notre Dame on a, on a on a full scholarship for golf, that's that's impressive, man. You must have been really good. Did you ever think that you were going to go pro? No, never, never thought I was going to go pro. Notre Dame was a was a great education and a great college experience, but um, it's not exactly a golf powerhouse. Um, we were always kind of around the fiftieth best team in the country. Um, and never, never had illusions that I was going to turn pro or anything. Was just happy to be able to use it for uh, for a free um, place to go to college. Yeah, and that tuition is just is, is I'm looking now for my kid. You know, uh, just just researching a little bit. You know, with room and board and everything, tuition. We're talking to the big, like the established colleges. It's like seventy G's a year. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's. Uh, that's the one thing about college tuition. It goes up by like 7% a year, you know, with, with inflation going up by one or 2% a year. Incredible. So before you get to college and you're saying you're playing poker now, um, Texas is probably the Mecca uh, uh, besides Vegas of poker is it was, you know, did you wind up playing at, at, you know, just at friend's house, local clubs, or how did poker get ingrained in you? Or was it just because of the big boom nationally? Yeah, it was more the big boom nationally. Um, the only experience I really had in gambling um, growing up in Texas when I was in high school and whatnot is uh, my, my parents loved going to the horse track. Um, the, the funny thing is that they love going to the horse track, but they never really would bet. I mean, they, you know, they do a $2 show here and there. Um, but I was always fascinated with the odds at the horse track. Um, and again, I wasn't betting when I was in high school, but just going there and watching the, you know, the odds change and, and learning, you know, how the track has their hold and, you know, how the, you don't get the odds at the time, you know, you place the wager, you get it at whatever it goes off at, 
and all of that. I guess that was my really my intro into gambling. Um, whereas uh, college was when I got introduced into the poker scene. So that's a that's a when that when that bug bites you. Um, several of us have been bitten by that horse bug early on. Um, before you could enter a casino at 21 in Jersey, you could go to I think a racetrack at 18, but we were going at like 15, 16. Nobody really cared. Um, so man, that must have been uh, something. But you said you you didn't bet too much. No, ne- never, uh, never bet it. Um, you know, we we do a two dollar show here and there. Um, <laughs> so two dollar show. So what does that pay? Two dollars and ten cents, or like you guys just? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet you figured out a way to make an edge at uh, horses. No, 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 not me, man. The horse. It's it's you know we're we're talking sports here. Shane, but the horse betters or the, the they're the ones that control the gambling world. Um, the money that they make uh, compared to us, like we're just like a drop in a bucket compared to these guys. These guys are just incredible. Um, wow. If I could beat horses, I would have retired a while ago. Um, but um, okay, so th- that's great. So now you're playing poker. Do you consider yourself a good poker player? Average, above average, great. I would consider myself an average poker player. I never, I never got up to like high stakes or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> I would play uh, $1, $2 was kind of my game back in the day. Um, but what happened was, is, uh, so I got a finance degree from Notre Dame and growing up, all I wanted to be was a trader. I wanted to be a stock trader. And I didn't know what, you know, capacity of a trader I wanted to be, but coming out of college, that's the job that I looked for. And I took a job as a derivatives trader in Chicago, uh, right on the CBOE. And um, I was effectively, uh, I was a market maker, which is effectively a bookie. I would post, you know, a two-sided line on derivatives of a hundred different stocks, you know, and there'd be 20 derivatives of a stock, just like there is, you know, on a college football game, there's, you know, let's say eight derivatives of a game. I was posting that on stocks. Um, The problem was I graduated from Notre Dame in 07. I trained in 08 and then I became a trader in 09. Um, you know, and of course with the market collapse, uh, I didn't last long as a trader. Um, so after that I left and, uh, traveled, traveled all around playing poker. Um, and along the way, pretty quickly, I found out about, uh, backers, you know, I would, I would meet poker players and they tell me about their backer and I'd always ask, Oh, what's, what's a backer? You know, what does that mean? I understand the concept, you know, how does it work? Um, and they would tell me about how their deals were structured and, I'd always ask, well, you know, who's your backer? And they would say, oh, it's my, you know, my friend Billy or, you know, it's my dad or it's my brother. And the answer was never, oh, this company XYZ backs me um, to play poker. So back in 2009, 2010, my idea was is to form a company that professionally backed poker players uh, that provided, you know, professional coaching and management um, to a team of poker guys. And that's, that's really what my business has been um, prior to sports betting. Wow, that's amazing. So, you know, the poker world um, is, you know, you're right. I hear a lot of backers. What percentage would you say um, of players uh, are being backed in your estimation? I would say probably 75%. So of of anybody, like if you walk into a poker room, um, of all the people sitting there, 75% are being financially backed by someone? Yeah, I mean, it may be it may be two thirds. I would say it's over half. Gotcha. So, and um, so most of the guys that are playing don't have you know. Again, I'm just speaking out of you know 
in the sports betting world, a lot of the poker guys, a lot of these guys are brokesters. <laughs> you know what I mean? From what I, yeah. in, in, in my experience. So, and that's, and, and you're kind of confirming that because a lot of guys don't have money. Um, so they need this financial backing. Now, you took it to a different level, Shane. You actually built a company to do this where most guys, like you said, were being financed um, by just individual guys. Um, what gave you this idea? What made you think of something like this? Well, when I was a, a trader in Chicago, that's effectively what happened was is two pr previous traders um, at one point were like, you know what, let's teach other people how to do you know, what we learned how to do and let's back them to do it. Um, and that, that's how our compensation uh, was structured as well is, you know, we'd get a percent of our, our earnings at the end of the year. Uh, we'd have a draw, you know, each month. Um, and so that kind of, that kind of formed the idea of, oh, I think we could actually run this as a company. Um, and again, I only started out with, a, you know, two or three guys and had some luck in the beginning, which was, you know, looking back on it was really fortunate. Um, and then grew it to, uh, we peaked out at about 80 players. Amazing. Can you please describe this now? Let's just say I'm a poker player or, or how do we get the introduction? How do you evaluate their play? How do you decide you want to invest in this player? Can you just give me a, a, a lifeline of how this business relationship is enacted? Sure. Um, so we would advertise on pretty much every poker uh, forum and, and platform. Um, and then uh, the poker community, just like the sports betting community, is pretty small at the at the professional levels. Um, and so eventually, it just got out word of mouth, uh, where people knew that you know we were backing poker players, and you know if you needed backing, you came to us. Um, and then when someone applies, they would go to our website, uh, they'd send in an application, it would have a link to their results. You know, a lot of this was online poker, so it would have a link to their results. Um, that you could look up their screen name and see how they've done. And then more importantly than that, they would list references, you know, and, and for us in the gambling world, references is everything. Yeah. You know, I need, I, if Billy's going to apply, I need Joey to tell me that Billy's not going to screw me. Um, so yeah, those were kind of the two things, references and then results. And then we'd make a decision and, you know, offer them a deal. Now um, with, with respect to deals, what kind of deal, uh, what would be a typical deal um, that you would offer someone? The standard deal that's the most common deal is just 50-50 with makeup. Um, so someone comes in, let's say they want to play one-two for us. Um, you know, we'll give them a bankroll. Uh, and at the end of the month, if they're up money, they'll take 50%. We'll take 50%. If they're down money, the, the deal continues into the next month. And they've got to make up that, that amount that they're down prior to getting a profit split. When uh, is this most all done online for the most part, or are there any live casino backing happening? A little bit of both, but it's predominantly online. So with online, you actually could control and see exactly where the balance is in case you're, you're thinking of somebody, I don't know if I could trust this guy or maybe, you know, it, it, did that ever cross your mind where, Hey, yeah. listen, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have it online so I could actually see the account and see the balance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, if you're backing someone to play, you know, in a live cash game at the win, uh, you know, it's a lot harder to to trust that he's reporting to you, you know, exactly what he says. Whereas online, we've got some, you know, controls in place uh, that don't 100% protect us, but uh, but it's a lot safer than if we back someone at a live casino. Wow, this is fascinating stuff. This is just great. And um, 80 players, that was just unbelievable. 
Um, yeah, it was. It was definitely uh, 80 guys was a lot. We, we, we didn't stay at 80 for very long because uh, it's kind of that 80-20 rule. You know, you, you look at the 80 guys and you, you're making all your money from 15 or 20 guys. And we ended up cutting back. I think 60 was really our sweet spot for, for many, many years. So when do you pull the plug? You know, you said there's a red here. So let's just say guys, you know, when do you decide to pull the plug? When, you know, do you look – do you, how deep do you go? Do you look at hand history? Do you look at just just results, or do you have a conversation with the guy? When do you decide? Hey, listen, this isn't for me, or you know what? I'm going to give you another shot and see where we go from there. Yeah, all of, all of that stuff is stuff we would do. Our coaches would be working with the player if he was struggling. Uh, we'd be pouring through hand histories. You know, there's there's variance in poker. You know, like good poker players, they go on downswings that are completely legitimate and have nothing to do with how they're actually playing. Um, and so that's always a, a tough decision is, you know, is this player losing because they're not a winner or is this player losing because they've hit a rough patch of variance? Um, and, you know, it's, it's impossible to get that decision right every time. Um, I know for sure we've cut some players that were – we're great winning players. And then we've probably cut some players a little bit too, too, uh, too late. You know, they, they got down 10 K. We thought about cutting them. We waited a couple of months. They, they lost some more money and then we cut them, you know? So it, it's, that's always a tough, uh, tough decision as the backer. Now you mentioned coaches, uh, Shane, um, with the coaches, uh, how do you, you have a coaching staff, you hire them. This is like a football team or something. It's like a real team here. You know what I mean? Like this is, a, it's so cool. Like how do you, how do you get coaches involved? Yeah. So when, when I first started out with a few guys, um, I was coaching the guys, but again, I I'm just an average poker player. Most of the guys that we back are, I would consider better poker players than I am. So early on it was just me coaching, but then, as we grew, um, I realized that we needed to have a little bit more professional coaching. Um, and I would bring on players that we were working with. Um, and that has kind of peaked out uh, today that we have uh, three coaches working with us that work with our players. So do the coaches also get a little bit of an extra earn because they're coaching? Or? Yeah, they earn, they earn directly off of the uh, revenue from the players. So they're they're 100% um, you know, compensated in correlation with how their players do. Beautiful. So the interests are all aligned and everybody's on the same page. Yeah, exactly. Man, this is just I, I like this is and are there any other companies that do this? There's a few. Um, there's a couple in Europe that do it um, and then there's a few in the US. Um it's not a real popular uh, business. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough business to run. I mean, you know, generally if someone is applying for backing, it's not because they've been winning a lot lately. It's because, you know, they've been losing. Um, Good point. So, you know, like you, you're taking people at, at probably, you know, their low point or one of their lower points in their careers uh, and trying to turn them around. Um, and there's a lot of tough decisions to make uh, along the way. It's not, it's not a super easy business. We've, we've figured out to have a little bit of success with it, but, uh, but I definitely wouldn't consider it to be an easy business. Now, what kind of stakes are we, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of stakes do we, are we talking here? Like, and what, you know, what range are we talking? How high do you go? Yeah, we're, we really focus on low to mid stakes. Um, that's kind of always been our business model. We've, we've found that, that people that the guys that play high stakes oftentimes either don't need backing um, or, you know, they might have an ego that's tough to deal with. Uh, or the, it's also too, like if they play high stakes, it's just a lot harder of a game to win in. You know, we want our margins to be padded, um, you know, pretty heftily. 
Um, this to, to give exact ranges, we've got guys from anywhere from 25 cent, 50 cent, uh, which is the blinds, which is a $50 buy-in game, uh, up to 1020, which is a $2,000 buy-in game. Um, or is it all no limit or there, cause I'm a limit player myself, um, because I'm a dinosaur, but are there any <laughs> limit, are there any limit players that you back? No. No, there's no uh, limit players anymore. The limit games uh, have kind of died off. Um, I have a, a couple of friends that, that play limit hold them, um, but uh, but nobody that we back. But we do back for a little bit of pot limit Omaha as well. Gotcha, man, that's great. So so, what are the common websites these days that people play poker on? I would say the most common is uh, Ignition, which is uh, formerly Bodog. Um, that's kind of the one that uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Bodog from sports betting side of things. Uh, not that they would let you bet there, but. No, Bodog. Um, Bodog. I, 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 I used to have an account at Bowman's. Um, Bowman's was located in the Isle of Man, and my balance from Bowman's got transferred to Bodog. And I remember I thought, wow, okay, I'm going to bet at Bodog. And the guy called me up and goes, oh, no, sorry, Spanky, where do you want your money? And um, they just paid me my money. I didn't even get a plan to chance to place one bet ever in there. So, um, but yeah, so ignition. Huh? So that, that's that's um, that's the primary place where, where a lot of people are playing. Yeah, um, there's there's another site called America's Card Room that guys play on, um, and there's a couple other smaller sites as well. But uh, but yeah, ignition's kind of the primarily where our guys play. Gotcha. Now. With respect, when it comes to this, you know, obviously it's a ref, there's also referrals and reputation and everything. Um, uh, you know, are there ever, are there obviously have to be times in which guys are like, okay, listen, I don't need backing anymore. Um, I could go out on my own. I built my own bankroll now. Um, and obviously, yeah, sure. you know, that happens. Do you, you know, what, how does that work now? Do you want to, you know, obviously you want them to stay on with you as much as possible. Do you maybe take a less of a percentage just to keep them on? Or do you just say, all right, no problem, go on your merry way? Or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, when someone comes on to be backed by us, we know that their ultimate goal is obviously to get off of backing. You know, that, that someday they want to go back on their own uh, and not be backed anymore. So when inevitably someone has had enough success, uh, for that to happen, like we're always happy for them. We, we of course, try to um, explain that, you know, our coaching and our management and the, the sites that we get guys on and whatnot, uh, we think are worth uh, working with us. Um, but inevitably, if someone wants to go on their own and they've already had their mind made up, uh, generally, you know, giving them five or 10% more doesn't seem to work. I mean, poker players, you know, when they come to us with that conversation, they, they've already made the decision. They're not looking for a conversation. Gotcha. So this is a, uh, there's a lot of turnaround in this business. Yeah. A lot, a lot of turnaround. And you just have to keep hunting and hunting and, and the referrals have to keep coming and word of mouth and everything. Uh, has to and, a, and a lot of times when a guy turns over, they eventually come back to us as well. You know, I mean, inevitably they're going to go on a downswing or they're going to have a life event that that's going to come up at some point and they come back to us. That's why, you know, we're, we're all about not burning bridges um, you know, I mean, we sometimes we'll work with a guy for a couple of years, he'll leave, he'll come back, you know, two years later, we'll work with him again for another year and then, you know, he'll leave and then he'll come back. I mean, there's, there's a lot of turnover, but we also see a lot of the same faces over the years. Beautiful. Great business. I love it, man. That's just such a cool thing. All right. So you're, you, and you're still running this till this day. 
I'm actually not. No. So uh, two years ago, I stepped away from it um, to focus uh, exclusively on poker. Uh, I mean, sorry, to fo focus exclusively on sports betting. Um, I guess that's the uh, that's we can transition to sports. So in 2015, I landed in Vegas um, and just via poker and feeling like I needed to be in Vegas for poker. Um, and there were sports books around and I knew nothing about sports betting. I really not a big sports fan even. Um, but I was fascinated with, uh, you know, that the Oklahoma Iowa state line was at 30 different books around town. Um, and those 30 books, a lot of them had different lines on it, you know, and that, that fascinated me. And I kind of just equated it to man, imagine if Apple stock was traded on 30 different exchanges and all the exchanges had a different, you know, price on the stock. Like, I feel like I could figure out how to make money off of that. Um, and obviously the difference is, is when you go trade Apple stock, you pay a flat, you know, $9 rate uh, compared to when you go make a sports bet, you got to lay minus 110 uh, and you got to lay it no matter if you're betting a hundred bucks or 10,000 bucks. Um, but that was kind of the math problem back in 2015 that I tried to solve and, and how I've, how I got my start into sports betting was, was trying to solve it that way rather than, you know, trying to originate or, uh, or, or figure out, you know, which lines were mis mispriced, uh, as a, as a market as a whole. Perfect. We're, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. This is exactly my uh, business model. So how did you go about trying to solve that math problem? I think the biggest thing was trying to figure out the value of half points, yes. you know, a, a half point, to an NBA game, you know, maybe worth uh, seven cents to a side, um, a half a point to a total may only be worth four and a half cents, you know, mm -hmm. and then football, there's, it's way more complex, you know, a, a half a point when you're moving off of three in NFL is gigantic, but a half point when you're moving off of five in college football, it's barely worth anything. Um, so that was really where the math, math problem uh, started because obviously anybody can understand that, you know, if you lay 110 and you get to take plus 115 somewhere else, um, that you're making money there. But unfortunately, unfortunately, those situations are, are few and far between. Um, and really the situations that you're getting into is, you know, one book is offering you minus three, minus 110, and another book's offering you plus four, minus 105. And you, you can't know if that's profitable or not, unless you know how much three to four is worth. Um, and so that's the math problem we, we attempted to solve for our first uh, year. And how, what did you do to solve it? Did you buy data? Did you scrape data? Did you we actually went it went along uh, with it pretty pretty simply and uh, just started looking at books. I mean, you know, you could if you go onto uh, your local sports book and you figure out, okay, if they'll let me bet minus three, minus one ten, how much you know, how much juice do I have to lay if I lay three and a half? You know, we started kind of backing our way into it that way, looking at a bunch of different books and how much they would charge. And, and the the most accurate data for us was always if they let you go either way, you know, a lot of times, you know, your local book will let you lay a worse number, but they won't let you lay a better number at a higher juice. You've got to look at, you know, when books will let you go both ways and figure out what they're charging both ways. Um, you know, and if you look at uh, enough books, you can kind of figure it out. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now you know what a half point is worth. Um, and, 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 and now you're, you're doing this all by yourself. This is, do you have a team with you or, or, you know, back in so, 2015? Yeah. In 2015, um, it was really just me doing it. Um, but pretty soon after I brought on, uh, what's Jason, who's now our head trader, you know, Jason. Um, and, uh, and since then have brought on more traders. Um, 
but again, similar to poker, uh, just as we grew, I brought on more people um, to fill the demand. Great. And, and, um, and are you middling games or are you just looking for betting off numbers or what, what's the strategy? So we're definitely doing some steam chasing. Um, we're definitely doing some middling. We're definitely doing some straight ARBs on money lines. Um, we're, the biggest thing that we've been trying to figure out for the last year or two is trying to figure out how liquidity trickles into the market. Um, based on different sports, you know, like the, the days of, of sharp groups, um, such as you or such as many other people, the days of them just hitting pinnacle and just seeing pinnacle move and just knowing that, you know, if pinnacle move by a point, you can go take uh, the, the places that haven't moved yet. Those days are kind of over, you know, it's, it's a lot more intricate. Um, people are now, you know, diff- based on different sports, they're hitting different books first. Um, and for the last year or two, that's what we've been trying to figure out is how does liquidity come into the market? You know, like uh, I'm looking at the board right now, East Carolina is playing Georgia state and this Georgia state line has been steaming all, all morning, but it wasn't the, the line didn't start steaming on pinnacle or Chris, you know, it may have started steaming on heritage and then it may have, you know, hit a paperhead site or it may have hit a jazz site, you know, and trying to figure out how that money comes in and trying to get ahead of the move, um, has been really what we spend most of our time on these days. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's well said. I, I, you know, finding out which way a line is going to move or which way it's going to close, um, you, you solve the problem. You know, you don't, it's not about picking winners. It's about picking the, the, which way the line will move and beating the line by enough to overcome the VIG. And I think if you just bring it down to that small, small problem, and if you solve that problem, I think that's the holy grail. That's for me, at least, and that, that, that's yeah, what absolutely. I believe. Yeah, um, I, I mean, the, the games that we're betting on, I, I couldn't name a player on any team. I couldn't couldn't tell you if Georgia State's good or if East Carolina is bad. Or I, I just couldn't I, – I don't know a whole lot of, about sports, but all I know is if I lay three and the line closes four and I can value what three to four is worth, I can tell you how much, you know, that I make. So Shane, um, you said you have uh, Jason. How big is your team now, and 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 what daily challenges do you face in, in the sports betting landscape? Uh, we have three traders now: um, Jason, Dan, and Johnny. Um, and I think the challenges we face now are um, one: you have to be watching lines very close to 24 hours a day. I mean, there, there's some book in the world that's open 24 hours a day. And that line is being hit, you know, at some point. Um, so we try to, to monitor lines, you know, 24 seven. Um, but the, the bigger problem these days is getting down, you know, um, when we first started doing this in Las Vegas, uh, in 2015, 2016, there were so many books that had independent lines and, uh, were willing to take action and the apps were just now coming online. And I mean, Westgate was, you know, taking 2k limits on every derivative of every sport in the app. And, um, you know, William Hill hadn't bought up half of Vegas. Um, you know, treasure Island had an app. Um, there were a bunch of other places that were independent. The problem is, is that William Hill has come in and, you know, purchased half of Vegas. Um, and as you've, you know, documented, uh, numerous times, um, William Hill is not friendly to professional sports bettors or, you know, even just, you know, not complete squares. Um, 
they're bad for our industry. Uh, it's bad for the long-term growth of the industry. I don't know if you saw the news yesterday. It looks like Caesars is trying to buy William Hill. Did you see that? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you get so the play, are, do you do you get the, the Caesars allow you to bet? Caesars does, but Caesars for the last month. So William Hill a month ago started running Caesars books. Um, so and they've taken the same approach that they always take. So we haven't been able to, I haven't been able to bet at Caesars for the last month. Now with Caesars buying William Hill, I don't know what that's, what that's going to mean. Um, hopefully that's a good thing for the industry. Cause I think Caesars has been um, more positive towards professional sports betters, at least than, than William Hill. Well, I, 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 maybe that's true, but I still think that Caesars is a, is a dressmaker. Uh, they, they've, you know, kicked me out. They've limited me tremendously and they limited several other people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in all the places in, in, in Las Vegas where you, where you reside, Shane, where, uh, who lets you bet anymore? Who, who, you know, you know, like you said, back in the day, everybody, you know, there was so many sports books and you, you came in 2015 when I was mm-hmm. in Vegas in 2010, 2010, 11, it was unbelievable. Every, there were so many solid bookmakers and you could get down. Um, mm-hmm. and now everything is turned to shits. It's like the shits, um, but uh, with, with the only probably shining light, it, it would be Circa. But you, you tell me, um, who, who, who are the places that allow you to take a, that will book a bet these days? Circa is the only book that's still taking action in Vegas. Um, South Point was the last domino to fall. Uh, they started cutting off everybody's app um, about a month ago, uh, and they're they're limiting people at the counter now. Uh, oh, really? From what I heard, I thought you could still bet at the counter at South Point. Um, they'll still take a pretty good pop. Is that not the case anymore? No, they're they're limiting people at the counter as well, and just and just flat out telling people that hey, we think you're a winner. Uh, you know, we're we're taking reduced limits at the counter, uh, and then they're cutting off apps in a day, two days. I mean, they they, they don't want any app action. Jeez, and uh, okay, who else? Uh, I mean, Westgate was, I always respected Westgate a lot for a long time. Um, they definitely were a bookmaker for a while. And then uh, about two years ago, they stopped taking action. Um, William Hill's been bad since day one. Uh, Treasure Island cut off their app, but uh, they're still taking action um, in person. Um, you know, I mean, these, these books, I mean, uh, you know, I feel like we as professional bettors are obviously very incentivized. Um to have our opinion, you know, and, and I've never been on the other side of the counter. Uh, so I don't know what it's like. I'm sure it's, it's hard being a bookmaker, especially when you have an app that doesn't have an auto mover and you're getting hit from 15 different groups on the same exact bet at the same exact second, you know, and, and I'm, I know there's ways that they could be combating guys like us. Um, but I don't think the solution is to just cut everybody off or to shut off your app. You know, I think there's other things that they could be doing. I think you hit it, the, the auto mover. I think the industry is missing an auto mover. Um, and I think, you know, all the major offshore places like a Pinnacle or, or a Bookmaker or any of these places, a Chris, Bet Chris, and these guys all have auto movers where the first person that gets in gets the line. Line's going to move, you know, automatically 10 cents, 15 cents, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then mm-hmm. if the second person wants to lay 15 cents worse, then go ahead, have at it. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the trader will manually adjust 
um, the line accordingly. But these guys, they don't have that in place, which forces them, unfortunately, to limit the app limits to just mere peanuts. How low has Westgate gone? Um, you know, one guy posted recently that he was yeah, getting a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's that's their go-to, and and they'll just flat out send you a message that says, you know, you're chasing Steam, um, a hundred dollar limit going forward. A hundred. Let me just make sure we get this. One hundred dollars. That's all they're taking. Yeah. Is this on props or is this on full games? No, no, no. no. This is on uh, Monday Night Football <laughs> NFL. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Give me a second. Let me go vomit. Gee whiz, Westgate taking $100 on Monday night football. Oh, man, what has this business gone to? And I'm over here, uh, you know, saying the European model is shits and then hoping that these guys that have been around for so long are able to, to book. And then places like the Westgate have limited people to $100. Boy, oh, boy, have they gone downhill. Um, Circa is definitely the shining uh, light of Vegas right now, you know, and I, and I don't know if it's, it's because they're new and, you know, they're still evaluating uh, their numbers, but man, they, they're not only do they take action, they're sharp too. Like anytime that I, uh, I see them leaning a line one way and, uh, you know, it looks like potentially a good opportunity for us. They're just always on the right side. I, the guys that are running that book are really smart. Yeah, Matt Metcalf, who's also been on Be Better Betters, uh, he's he's super sharp as attack. He knows what he's doing, and uh, he's definitely a you know he, he's he's a bookmaker. And, and uh, all all credit to him and and, and Derek Stevens and everybody, uh, Jeff Benson, Mike, Pond, all those guys over there. They really run a great tight ship, and they treat everybody. They treat us because Derek Stevens was you know he likes to bet. Uh, Matt Metcalf bet professionally for years. Uh, you know, Mike Palm likes to bet. Every, all these guys are betters, so they know how it is to be able to say, "Hey, listen, maybe we don't. We, you know, it's not nice to treat betters, even if they're pros, like shit." And and that's what happens because listen, we're all going to shop, even if you're not a professional. Everybody's going to be shopping for numbers. Everybody's going to be. You know, Derek Stevens used to tell me how he would be at the Riviera across the street over to the Stardust or Circus Circus and just try to look for lines and stuff. And then, and that's just what happened back then. And, 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 and it still happens today. It's just, just part of it, shopping for numbers. And, and you know, it, it's so beautiful to actually see a, a bookmaker still exist in Vegas because from what you're telling me, this is just – it sucks to hear stuff like this. So Westgate's $100. Oh man, how about how about Caesars? What do they take? Um, well, again, we haven't been able to bet there uh, for a little bit now since they've been involved okay. with William. So you're, just, so you're um, just completely uh, South Point. What are the app limits there? They, they cut you off after one to two days. Okay, so you can't even bet there. Ti. No, they, um, they cut off their app about six months ago, um, and in person they're giving uh, five hundred dollars on totals, a thousand dollars on sides. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so 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 how about MGM? They used to be a monster. Yeah, they're cutting off apps left and right. Um and then in person uh they'll let you bet for a few days and then they'll just tell you no more. Yeah, when, I, when there was a time when I was betting in 09 and 2010 Shane where MGM on a Monday uh at 
12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, was taking 30 dimes on an NFL game for the next Sunday's game. So wow. they just had a 30-dime limit, and that was the limit. It, never, it was always the same limit, and they would take it right from the opener, right on Monday. And, and now um, they don't even take 30 grocery dollars. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you and I can both agree. Like, there's a happy medium between what we're what we would like the industry to look like versus them taking 30k six days out, you know, on a game. I mean, it's we're not asking books to do that. We're just asking them to have posted limits. When you walk into a book, hey, here's the limit we take, and we take it from every customer that you know wants to visit this book. Yeah, house limits. That that's that's all. Have house limits, but again. These guys, they don't want to post house limits. The only place that posts house limits is Circa, and they stick to their house limits. Of course, if you're a VIP or, you know, they call them VIP, a recreational guy, and they want to increase, of course, they're going to be able to, if you're not sharp, they have, they have to, be able to give, be able to give you more. But you know what? They're happy. These are the limits for everybody, and if you want more, you can always ask. That's always been the case, and now that's just dying Although you could always still ask, but when you're starting off at a hundred dollars, um, it's just so disgusting how like with inflation and with everything going up and the limits have just keep going down and down. You know, guys I interview on this podcast, Shane, there's guys that were betting five, 10, 20 dimes in the seventies and eighties, like it was nothing. And now a hundred dollars is what the Westgate's taken. It's just gotten so incredible. And I think like one thing to remember too is, is that, you know, like we're a professional sports betting team, you know, we fight tooth and nail for, you know, every edge that we have and our edge at the end of the day is probably only about one and a half percent. So like these books, like they're so trepid and like, so afraid of really someone coming in and trying to make their one and a half percent. I mean, if they have posted limits of 500 bucks, you know what one and a half percent is that's $7 and 50 cents. They're so worried and, and need to cut someone off so quickly for them to come in and make their seven bucks. It's such a great point. It's a sad state of affairs. Um, it's just such a sad thing. Um, that's why, you know, let, let's face it. If you want to bet professionally, um, and I've always said this, but now it's even more so. If you think you're going to bet, be a professional sports better and you think you're just going to bet in domestic sports books, um, you know, regulated domestic sports books in the U.S., there is no shot you could survive. Um, you just can't. They just will not take action. You agree with that, Shane? Absolutely. Definitely agree. Um, you know, I've visited some of the other states. I've visited Biloxi. I've visited um, Iowa. I've visited New Jersey. Um, and it's the same story at every every state. I even went to Delaware. Um, it's, you know, they'll let you bet for a day or two, and then you're done. What's the Is, is there a Circa-like sportsbook of New Jersey? Who's taking action in New Jersey? Nobody. Nobody. There's not, you know, uh, you know, FanDuel takes my action um, because I give them good NFL action, so they'll still take action from me. Um, Bet America takes action from me. Um, they cut me down to half limits, but I'm still able to get down a little bit. Those are the only two guys. The Hard Rock, they might be able to, you know, but not really, you know, it depends. Um, I think they just recently got rid of Gig, G-I-G. They used to use a software provider called Gig. Hard Rock is getting rid of them. So I think the hard rock, because the hard rock kind of, you know, I talked to those guys, they're trying to make it so that they take action. So we'll see. It's yet to be seen, but everybody else then, you know, DraftKings, no shot. I was just kicked out of the park, staying freehold, um, you know. So it, it just, it, it's tough, golden nugget. You know, my limits were, 
were reduced significantly. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough to be able to get down domestically um, in these regulated joints. Everyone is just nervous. And, um, and, and that's why, you know, offshore will always remain king. Um, I just want to go through some of these other places in Vegas because it's just been so long since I've been in Vegas. How about um, how about the Golden Knight um, downtown? No, they they cut you off after a few bets. Um, Boyd uh, is an interesting one. So Boyd was always a, a pretty fair shop. They weren't cutting people off. They had small limits, but um, they never cut your limits or anything like that. But they recently outsourced uh, their um, book to a European shop who's just spreading you know really wide lines and. Um, you know, they're taking action, but it's, you know, they're spreading like minus 115 and minus 117 on some stuff. Oh boy. But that's not on like regular sides, full game sides. Nothing. Like, there's no way. No, no, no. They're spreading 110 on stuff, but, uh, it, it's a different, uh, it's a completely different book than, than what you and I know Boyd to be. Gotcha. So Boyd is the coastline for anybody that doesn't know. Um, and, um, so golden nugget, no bueno, uh, no. And uh, who, stations, uh, stations, stations. So their their uh, operation mode is um, they cut off the apps if if you have any kind of a brain at all. Um, and then uh, after a couple of days of betting in person, they do what's called one a day, which means you get one trip to the counter per day. So you know, say you're at a sports book, you know, with friends, and you're there to watch an NFL game, you get one trip to the counter. You can't come up and make multiple trips. You get one trip. Yeah, that's that's been the way. That's been that way since back in twenty, you know, two thousand five or whatever. Uh, when I when I first started betting out there, it's still the same thing. Um, the the one trip to the counter, which you know, let's just say you're sitting with friends and um, you bet a game, and you're like, oh man, I'm watching now. The next game comes on. And I'm watching this game. Let me go place a bet. Oh, sorry, you've already used your one trip. What a rule. Um, you know, um, you know who may have fallen off the map harder than anybody though is uh is the win oh wow I mean, they they take um in their app they take you know 200 to 300 dollars uh you know in person um they're taking you know a little bit more action than that but when i when i first started doing the sports betting man the win was taking real action yeah uh when you How say real action with them uh listen when johnny avello used to run the win um my runner he would make my runner not be able to sit in the sports book. My runner had to sit outside in the slot machines. This is his words to my runner. And um, my runner would sit in the slot machine. So he wasn't even allowed to sit at the sports book, but my runner would still get everything. Uh, we'd still get our numbers. And then Johnny Vela says, no, no, you can't sit on these slot machines. You have to go at the other end of the casino and sit on the other slot machines. So that's how <laughs> it was just unbelievable, like complete craziness. Um, uh, on what happened. So, you know, and I know Johnny Avello's right-hand man now runs the win. What was, what's, I don't know, was, I forget his name. Doug. Doug. Doug, yeah. So they're, they're taking two to 300 bucks. My God. It's like if you're trying to bet a dime in Las Vegas, you got, you know, we, we got to call emergency units here. It's like, holy shit. This is Las Vegas. It's supposed to be the Mecca. Uh, you know, it's become, you know, the Mecca uh, of manure. And um, yeah. it's a shame. It's just a shame. Um, so Shane, you know, you've been betting all this and, and you've been betting around what other places, um, have you had good experiences with besides Circa? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> no problem, brother. <laughs> 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 it's that bad, huh? 
Like, I know you've been yeah. around the country and stuff. There's no uh, – and if you don't want to say, you know, that's okay too. I don't blame you because if you find a good joint, I probably wouldn't want to share it either. <laughs> so I don't blame you if you want to just keep no. it. No, the, no, honestly, I, I'm drawing a blank on anybody that's that's really taken action, you know, like Circa in the U.S. in any state. I mean, I don't know if I would mention it uh, if I did, but the, the truth is that there just are none. Man, unbelievable. Hopefully things change, but you know what? None of us are holding our breath. Um, so, yeah, Vegas is just not what it used to be. Um, so, Shane, this is such a, a constant struggle because you guys are betting a lot. You know, you guys put in a lot of volume. Um, and you're trying to get down just like we are. Um, besides getting down, are there any other challenges that you face as a successful sports better? I think I think one challenge we face is, you know, again, so we're not originating anything ourselves. We're just watching for line moves. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that has become uh, a thing in the in the industry is people faking out markets. Um, you know, and we, it happens a lot in the more illiquid markets, such as college basketball. Um, you know, and we'll be watching our screen and let, let's say that the whole board has, uh, the Iona against Memphis, uh, total at 144, you know, and we'll start seeing some books creep up to 145, 145 and a half. And that line looks like it's going to go, you know, and then we'll start taking the over 144s. And in reality, what's happening is, is a really sharp group such as yourself or, or somebody else is faking that market to get everybody else to bump up a little bit. And then they're getting ready to slam that thing down to 138. Um, catching, catching those situations and not getting on the wrong side of it because it happens so fast. You know, we start taking that over 144 and then the market just gets absolutely slammed and you can't get out of it. And man, when you've got over 144 and the thing closes 138, that's a yeah, that's a painful one. Yeah, you're um, pan, you got caught with your pants down there. You know, I, I yeah. think that's a good topic, and I and I don't I don't really talk about it too much, but I think you know you brought it up. Let's touch up on it. Why is manipulation happening these days? Why is it happening? Um, I think that I think the biggest reason is that every half a point is so valuable. You know, if if a group like you guys or a group like you know plenty of other sharp groups out there if they like the under and instead of 144 they can get 144 and a half um you know that's worth an extra four or five cents which an extra four or five cents is worth an extra two to two and a half percent to their to their margin um yeah. you know margins are so compressed in this industry um it, it's become so much harder uh to retain our edge um in this industry over the years that man if you can manipulate the market and get that extra half a point um, for let's say half of the volume you're getting down, that's gigantic at the end of the year. Oh no, a hundred percent. And and here's the thing. I, I think the one, the other thing I wanted to touch upon that just to, just to further elaborate on what you're saying is that in this day and age now, we're at a point in which bookmakers now are just automatically copying, you know, Chris Pinnacle blindly on air, on air, and and and, and, and on autopilot. It's not even a guy manually copying. It's on autopilot. Their software is set to always be within Chris and Pinnacle. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy how things have gotten. You know, there used to be a time in which I would be in Costa Rica back in, call it 04, and I would sit next to a bookmaker, Mr. Green, and, um, and he would just see these lines um, and, and moving, and he would never move his line until he wrote a bet. And that's how it was. He doesn't care if a line is moving because he knows his clientele is sharp enough that if he's not writing a bet, it can't be that sharp. And you know what? He's okay to write the bet. 
Um, and that's the thing. A lot of people are scared to write a minus five when the line is six. Whereas, you know, it's okay to do that. You still, it's it just, I think, you know, bookmakers are just scared to, to be out of market. But like you said, given that, given that fear or given um, that fear that these bookmakers have, um, it causes them to just move on air and just move blindly copying these places, which means all somebody has to do is just bet these places. And then the manipulation is just so easy and it just, it's just, it's just boom. It's just obvious. Um, and, 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 you know, obviously for, you know, it's, it's, it's become so easy to manipulate. It's become child's play, honestly. But, but that being said, um, it, it, you know, the bookmakers really need to understand that, listen, write a bet, then you move your number, you know, unless there's an injury or something, uh, you know, you move your number on air. But I, I think that moving on action, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to, how to run their shop, but I'm just saying, you know, unless you're moving on action, um, it, it's probably, you know, it's just, it's just the art of bookmaking, I, I should say, is lost today. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. Everything you, you said, I agree with. And, you know, I, I listened to your recent uh, Captain Jack podcast and you guys touched on, on this some of, some of the time. And um, yeah, I just, I 100% agree with everything that you guys are saying. Um, and again, like I said earlier, I mean, I've never been on the other side of the counter. I, I think I know how I would run a book, um, but I'm sure there's some challenges that they face that, you know, we can't appreciate because we've never been on that side of things. Um, so I do think that there's a happy medium um, you know, there, um, 100%. I, I've never also, I'm not a bookmaker. People might say, Oh, Shane and Spanky, you know, you guys think it's so easy doing what we do, but it, listen, mine, all the, all the solid bookmakers that I've ever come across, the guys that are very successful, they've mm -hmm. all told me minus 110 is so powerful. It is such a powerful thing. And yeah. it, 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 you just have to know how to make it work for you. And, and, and let's just face it. Listen, let's just be honest. The talent is missing in today's environment. The 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 the, the, book, the, the, the talented bookmaker is gone. Okay, it, they're they're dying out. It's it's a, it's a it's a breed that has just been dwindling away. Um, they're gone, and and a lot of these the, the talented guys are just going away. Um, and I think it's a shame. And um, and you would hope that this 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 art form the skill of bookmaking would be passed on into another generation from generation to generation. And it's just simply not. Um, and it's going to be, it's a detriment to the industry as a whole. And um, it's obviously kills us as professionals, but, um, but you know, we still have our offshore world, which is endless. I'm just saying though, it just, you know, you would want to be able, you know, given that regulated bookmaking has come into the United States, you'd want to be able to bet into these places and, you know, not have to worry if the money was good or getting paid. But unfortunately, um, the talent is just not there. And um, the soft book model, as they say, or the European model, they feel as if that's the best way to go, just kick people out. And um, because if they kick people out, Shane, um, nobody will ever know about it. Their, their, their reputation won't be ruined. Well, guess what? We just pretty much went through every single Las Vegas sports book and every other sports book, for that matter, in the United States and um, did our part not to ruin reputation because that's not my style. I'm not trying to ruin anybody's reputation, but I'm trying to call people out and say you can do better because if you're taking 100 bucks, sorry, that's not acceptable, okay? It's just not. Yeah. And, and, oh, you're esteemed, you know, 
Captain Jack, in, in my interview with him, you know, if you have a number that, that, that that's stale, that's your problem, bookmaker. That's not our problem. You know what I mean? You hang the number. We get the shop. That's why we lay 110. And these bookmakers. God, God, sorry. I I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the automover. I mean, what, why don't these books have an automover? Yeah, I, I think it's coming. I think it has to be coming eventually, and I think that's when the limits will go up. You're right, Shane. I think the automover is the solution to a lot of these problems. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when, you know, because, listen, Pinnacle, there was a time when you could call up Pinnacle. That's when I, I used to bet at Pinnacle back in the day. You did, you you know, there was a time you'd call an 800 number. Um, and then Pinnacle was the first to realize, hey, listen, we're going to take more on the internet. And, and it's just unheard of back then. This is 01, 02, right? And now Chris, as of 2013, says, no, we're going to take more on the on the internet versus the phone. It just, you know, it, it, it's, a, it, it's like, oh, my God. So the internet now is taking over. Vegas and all these other domestic places have not gotten there yet. They're still taking more at the counter than on the app. It's like they're a decade to 15 years behind what the, the trendsetters of the industry are. You would hope that eventually they're going to catch up where, you know, they're still going to have that bet on the counter for the, you know, the, 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 the table game players and then the floor guys. But you want to be able to take the same, if not more, um, on the on the app or on the internet so that you know you can just you know auto move and then ha be able to just write as much action as possible 100% agree so Shane where do you see the industry going um, and where do you see your business going are you gonna maintain um, as betting sports for you still profitable um, what challenges do you do you think that you'll be facing in the future I think the challenge of uh, getting down um, is always going to be an issue. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much more of William Hill or I guess newly created uh, Caesars William Hill is going to consolidate the market. You know, if they, if they keep buying out different books or uh, keep operating uh, books that are currently independent and less and less lines become available, um, you know, the more lines that are available, the, the better it is for the better. You know, if we have if we have 25 different options to bet and all of a sudden that becomes 10, uh, that's definitely going to be a huge challenge um, for us in the future. Um, what do you think is the, the bigger issues in the yeah, future? I, I think you, you, hit, you, you made a great point. Consolidation is definitely happening. And I think this consolidation is happening. And I brought this up on another podcast, but consolidation um, where these third-party uh, line providers are 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 providing these lines for these bookmakers without a chart, so these line providers are just simply saying, "Okay, we just take a percentage of Pinnacle's line and Chris's line, and that's it." And nobody's using a chart to run their line. So if you don't have a chart, like you know, any old-school bookmaker would be like, "What? How do I? How am I going to hang a number up?" automatically nobody I, where I can't even see my chart where I can't even book to my chart and I just think that you know it just kills the whole art form of bookmaking um, and the whole premise you know what I mean where you have your chart and it's just it's just terrible so this consolidation people think oh let me just use this third-party turnkey provider but this turnkey provider doesn't 
is not caring about your chart. So for instance, like DraftKings uses Canby, but other places like a Parks uses Canby. Okay, Canby's gonna deal a line and some, you know, let's just say the Giants are playing the Eagles and you know the parks or parks might have heavy action on the eagles but then uh, DraftKings might have heavy action on the giants you know what who cares Cambridge just going to deal one line no matter who the action is so nobody is gonna there's nobody you're not running a line compared to your chart and it just defies the whole art form and i think it's it's just it, it, it there's they're leaving money on the table do you think we'll ever see a regulated state peer-to-peer betting exchange you know, they always, they always talk about it, but do you think we'll ever see one? I think the only way that would work is if it was an, an, uh, an interstate, uh, you know, an inter uh, a national interstate where, where there's one exchange, but if I'm in Jersey and you're in Vegas, I can, we can match offers together. I think the liquidity will not be there if it's just in one state. I just don't think that one state can offer that liquidity. Um, but I think if it was all 50 states, because listen, I've played on exchanges um, offshore where it was global, right? These global offshore exchanges and the liquidity sucked several, you know, m m more often than not. So it's just, you know what I mean? It, liquidity is everything when it comes to these exchanges. I think if they solve the liquidity problem and they have somebody seeding the exchange, okay? Because there is no shot an exchange succeeds unless there's a professional seeder a guy playing bookmaker essentially and hanging offers on both sides. No way it succeeds unless somebody's doing that. And um, you know, you're not, you can't expect just random guys because we're all hanging offers up is not something that betters do. Betters accept offers. We just look at a line and we either bet or pass. To, to expect betters now to be able to hang up offers and babysit offers and check to see if their offers are accepted. That shit is just, it's, it's just, it's not, it's asking betters uh, nationally to play bookmakers and, and very few people are, are even have the interest or have the know-how or have the desire to do something like that. Yeah. So Shane, in closing, um, you know, the name of this podcast is called Be Better Betters and you guys run such a tight ship, your whole crew. Um, Jason, I've met Jason. I never met Johnny. No, you've never met Johnny. You've met Dan before. I've met Jason and Dan. I've never met Johnny. Well, tell Johnny I said, you know, hello. And, of course, Jason and Dan, you know, you guys have such a tight crew. I'm so impressed with the way you guys do these things, um, with, with the way you run your operation. You're, you're, you're one of the, you know, there's a lot of crews out there. But when it comes to like the elite of the elite, number one, you're a super honorable guy. You're, you're, you're always aces. You're always, you know what I mean? We do a lot of stuff together and it's such a pleasure dealing, your, you know, with the professionalism that you bring to the industry and, and with the information that you have and, and with, 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 with the way you conduct yourself and the way you, your, your guys are, 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 are handle the operation. I have nothing but great things to say about you guys. And I'm, Thanks, I'm proud, I'm proud to call you guys friends and colleagues in this business. We, we feel the same way about you. You know, we've had, uh, we've had some dinners uh, over the last couple of years where, um, you know, you've been in this business for a lot longer than we have and, and you know, infinite more than we know. Um, so it's always fun to sit through the dinners or, or sit over a beer and uh and just fire you know 300 questions at you and we always learn so much during this meeting so uh, i appreciate having me on the podcast and uh, i appreciate our friendship and appreciate the knowledge you always imparted on us
No problem, Shane. Thank you. And, you know, you guys get me drunk, and that's when you guys are able to get some shit out of me. But <laughs> for the most part, you know, just to be honest with you, I just make half the shit up most of the time. But anyway, <laughs> no. But before we close, the name of the podcast, what I was getting to before, the name of the podcast is called Be Better Betters. Can you give some advice that maybe you wish you had a nugget of information that you could give an up-and-coming sports better, somebody that maybe wants to bet semi-pro, professional, even some Somebody starting out, what do you think is the most important thing to be a better, better? Yeah, two, two things. Uh, one is have access to multiple outs. Um, don't just be betting with your one local bookie. Um, you know, have access to as many, as many outs as you possibly can um, and be shopping lines. I mean, shopping lines is, is literally 75% of the game. Um, and, and then the second thing is, is just spend some time figuring out how much half points are worth. Um, you know, know that when you move off of an NFL game from seven to seven and a half, know what that's worth. Know that when you're moving off of an NFL game from five to five and a half, um, you know, know that that's not worth that much and spend some time with NBA totals and NBA sides as well. Um, if you can line shop and you can value half points, I mean, that's that that gets you to almost break even right there. You know, and then there's other things that you're going to pick up along the way. Uh, watching how liquidity flows into the market and whatnot. And, and I guess the last thing is, is get a screen, you know, get, get a down best screen or, or get some kind of a screen and just watch how lines move. You know, if you just spend, um, you know, a lot of hours each week watching how the market moves and watching how liquidity flows in, it, it's, it, it's not that complex to figure out how to win. Um, and, and, you know, I think this podcast, you know, not, not only could you learn how to win, but you could just learn how to be break even by just a couple of really simple things. Great point. And, and I, let me just touch base on it because I think that you made such a solid point when it comes to learning how every half point is worth. Even if you're not a, 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 a just playing the market, if you're even if you're a handicapper, it's so important to know the difference, you know, on an NFL game, for instance, should I lay seven and a half even or should I lay seven flat minus 110? And, and these are questions that you have to know the answer to. It has to be automatic. Um, and, and, and because you're going to have bookmakers when you shop around, they're going to have these two different prices. When do you lay the seven? Should you, you know, which one are you going to choose? What if it was minus seven and a half plus oh five? What if it was minus seven and a half plus 10? You know, where is the number where it's you're indifferent? So these are questions that you should definitely be asking yourself. And I think knowing the half point value um, is so, so important. So great, great uh, strategies, great advice, Shane. Um, I definitely, definitely 100% agree with that. Thanks so much, Shane, for coming on. It's been such a pleasure, my friend. And hopefully um, we will see each other soon, buddy. I hope so too. Thanks for having me, Spanky. I really appreciate it. Shane and his crew, top-notch guys. So knowledgeable. And he's only been doing the sports thing for about five years, but... He's definitely made an impact on the business. He knows how to get down, and uh, he does his thing, and um, I'm very impressed with him and his crew. Sat with them several times over some good meals, and um, I have nothing but great things to say about those guys. Really, really solid, solid guys. Um, unfortunately, it's a shame about how the industry is, especially in Las Vegas, um, you know, with all those shops just... The limits are just so so bad and that's just how it's you know betting sports in 2020 that's what it's become and it's not going to get better i think it'll get worse before it gets better so anyhow 
thanks so much to Shane and thanks everybody for the time. Until next time.